blackbird singing in the dead. I should have worn a different shirt. roundabout and welcome back to another brand spanking new episode of your favorite podcast the only podcast you listen to because it's the only podcast that has existed will ever exist and has ever existed happened happening happened to happen al pacino's prison scene this week is brought to you by reese's fast break when you want to take a break make it fast and it's brought to you because if I did not eat that candy bar, I would be asleep right now, probably. Do you have one for me? Because I'm really tired. Nope. Oh, well, if I fall asleep halfway through this, then it's Thomas's fault. You should have had a Reese's Fast Break. Yeah, and you're not giving me one, so. But uh, I'm Thomas, and that other guy is Jake. And today, you read the title. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about Boss Baby, baby. A movie that I am on the record as saying this is better than A Star is Born. And now it's out there on the podcast, so can't take it back. And I agree I, with you. I stand by that. I agree with you. I said I said that initially to make people upset, but the more I think about it, yeah. Think about it. The more, Tom, honestly, you're absolutely, this, I'd have to look back at the catalog of DreamWorks films, but I think that this is the most conceptually substantial DreamWorks film. It's, it's based on a book, do you know that? No, that's Holes. Well, this is and Fear and Loathing. And Shrek. Why do I have so many Wikipedia pages open? You were looking at some stuff. What is Boss Baby Boss Baby book? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure like the most of the voiceover in the movie is from the book. Oh. It's just like a picture book. Oh, okay, okay. Do, do, do. It's got a five out of five on Target. The book? Yeah. Well, the movie's not doing too hot, critically. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. All right, let's see. Well, they're all wrong. There we go. Awards. Uh, oh, well, this came one. out the year during the La La Land kerfuffle. 2017, yeah. Well, because I was, I was looking up. Um, I, I'm, I guess I meant to bring this up later. What? It's rotten? Yeah. What? Um... Because this was nominated for Best uh, Animated Movie, which now I can't find that category. Dude, what? The Boss Baby's talented cast, glimmers of wit, and flashes of visual inventiveness can't make up for a thin premise and a disappointing willingness to settle for duty jokes. How many poop jokes do they make? Like one. Oh well, all right. Well, he says fart poop duty a lot, which, but I think that's a stand-in for curse words for him for Boss Baby. Yeah. However, fart jokes give me every time, man. Every single time I watch this, I am eagerly anticipating the moment when Tim smacks his butt and it's got all that powder on it, and he goes, and "Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good one." Comes out. That's a oh, good one. Oh man. All right, I'm calling out every single one of these that's critics. Amazing. That gave this a bad review on Rotten Tomatoes. Because guess what? You are all wrong. Also, I'm I, looking I, at you, Rachel Wagner. I'm looking at you, Joey Magidson. I'm looking at you, Sarah Kirtland. I'm looking at you, Thomas Trusso. I'm looking at you, Rendy Jones. I'm looking at you, Carrie J. Sampson. I'm looking at you, Oggs Cruz. I'm looking at you, A.S. Hamra. All right, so uh, I thought that this was the case. The year that Boss Baby came out, Actually, hold on. First, which I should probably do a recap before I talk about this. All right. So, well, hold on. Before I get into the recap, I just want to say I love this movie. I've always loved this movie since the day it came out. It came out while I was working at a movie theater, so I saw a lot of it a lot. Maybe that has something to do with it. However, other movies also came out when I worked at the movie theater, such as Trolls. And that movie's all right, but I don't love Trolls. I love Boss Baby. The Boss Baby, I should say. Uh, so I just want to preface that I love this movie, and I think it does have substantial meaning. But 
as Jake just proved by looking at Rotten Tomatoes, it does not have this film does not have the respect that I think it deserves in the movie community or just at large. You know why? And that's why we're talking about it today. Here's the problem. And I think that I'm coming to this uh consensus is that people don't look for the deeper meaning, Thomas. They do not. And that's why we're here. And I think for the first time I am fully realizing that. Good. Because during this it movie... It only took like 35 episodes or whatever we're up to. Because I have seen this... I've only seen this movie once before, and I was not a fan of it. But this time... Like, the first, like, five minutes is, like, all of this. Yeah. All my notes. And the rest of it, like, I can I can piece together just because it's in my brain. But, like, there's so much stuff going on here that all just, like... It just makes sense. And it all comes together in the end. It does. I'm, it I'm, absolutely does. There's certain lines that come full circle... And it's just, it's wonderful. Like I watched, uh, and again, I know I haven't done the recap yet, but I watched um, Being John Malkovich over Christmas break, which is now like three months ago. Yeah. Uh, I told my dad, I was like, you know, every little, every single thing in this film comes back in the end. Like there's not a single thing in this film that does not have a purpose. And for the most part, I felt the same way about the boss baby when I was watching it this time. I feel like every single thing that happens comes back in the end. Now, some things may fall flat. I don't think this is a perfect movie. I think the villain, Francis Francis, could be better, could be better motivated. But I don't think the faults outweigh the opposite of faults. I well, don't know what that is. But I think I think uh, Francis Francis' motivations make sense. No, I think it does make sense, but I just think he falls flat. He's no Lord Farquaad. No, you're he's absolutely no, right about that. He's no uh, uh, Prince Charming's mom, whoever that is. Fairy Godmother? Yeah. He's no, he's no, whoa, hey, you know what? This is not the first uh, DreamWorks movie for Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin was the other lion in Madagascar Escape to Africa. I forgot about that. Oh, you're right, you're Speaking right. Speaking of Madagascar, again. Titsi. You should fight Titsi. Again, I know says. I haven't done the recap yet, but uh, Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted, was written by Noah Baumbach uh, to help pay for his divorce. What? So, how's that for a marriage Yo, story? Baumbach? That's yeah. how he says it. Oh, really? Yeah. That surprised that's, me. That's wrong. Because it, it, it is wrong. It is bombat. Yeah. All right, but recap. So, movie opens with the narration. Well, yeah. And the guy's like, I'm an overactive imagination kid. And then it cuts to the, it cuts to like the super colorfully stylized uh, version of this kid running through the Congo. And then you find out that it's just his imagination. And then he's like, man, where do babies come from? And then we get this thing where this baby's falling down this tower. And he gets sent into corporate management. And then Tim's like, well, I always remembered he came out of a taxi. So then the boss baby shows up. It starts wreaking havoc everywhere. And his, Tim's like, adult Tim narrating. is like, man, this baby showed up and started wrecking everything. He's bossing everybody around, telling everybody what to do. And he was the boss. And I didn't like that very much. And so then Tim's like, well, I'm going to prove that he's really talking. And so that way he can't steal all my love from my parents. Because right now he's stealing all my love from my parents. And I don't like that. I want all my love from my parents. But he fails because Boss Baby is just too good. He's got that little Asian baby girl, the three little black babies, and that one really big baby. Who goes, Baba. I wish, man. Speaking of which, though, there's a there's a quote-unquote nightmare sequence in this film that reminded me of that one and Shrek whatever Shrek that was in. Three. Was it three? <gasps> I think it was four. I feel like Baba was in four. Oh, Baba was in four, but the dream sequence was in three. Okay. Oh, and he goes, da-da. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. Anyways, um, then Tim fails, and they're like, you're grounded. And then Boss Baby's like, oh, man, I don't want this to happen. We're going to work together so that I can get out of here, and Tim can get his parents back, and I can save Baby Corp. And Tim's like, okay. So they wait for bring your kid to work day, and then the parents bring the kids to work, and they're like, oh, no, Francis, Francis, was super mega colossal big fat Boss Baby, whatever his name was. And he was the best, biggest, best, best boss baby that ever existed. But now he's an adult and he runs baby. He runs Puppy Co. How'd that happen? And he's like, well, I'll read you my story. This is how it happened. This is how it happened. And they're like, oh, man, that is how that happened. And then Francis Francis is like, don't you hate it when everyone steals your love? And Tim's like, yeah, I do. And boss baby's like, oh, man, that makes me feel bad. But then um, they steal boss baby's formula. And so Tim's like, oh, shoot. Now he's going to turn into a baby and I'm going to be stuck with him. We don't want that. So then Francis Francis takes away their parents and makes Eugene uh, watch them. And they do a super escape. That reminds me of that scene in Bedtime Stories. I don't know what scene it is, but it reminds me of that scene. And uh, then they escape. 
and they make it to Puppy Co. And they're like, Mom, Dad, we're going to save you. And Francis Price is like, no, you're not. And then Eugene's there too. And he's like, oh, no, I'm Elvis. And then uh, they almost get it. And then they don't. But then Boss Baby learned to use his imagination. So he's like, you don't, you don't end with ha. You end with arg. And so they use the pirate magic and turn Francis Francis back into baby, super colossal, mega fat Boss Baby. And then Eugene's like, we'll raise him better this time. Eh? And so <laughs> so he does that. And then they save the parents. And then Boss Baby's like, well, I'm done. I'm going back to my big office. But Tim learned a lot in this movie. He learned that memos can be powerful. And he also learned that beads were representative of love. So Tim mails Boss Baby all of his beads and says, hey, man, I'm going to give you all my love. And you can have all my love. And I'm going to offer you a job that don't pay nothing, but you'll get to be my brother forever. And every day I'm going to be there. And so Boss Baby's like, heck yeah, I'm going to do that. And so he quits his job and messes up the little heart machine thing and then runs and then takes off his diaper and slides down the slide, which means he get, probably got all his back peeled all the way off, like that one scene in the Water Park episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But uh, we're not going to talk about that. Ten bucks if you know that. And then Tim gets the baby brother is happy ever after the end. And then the credits say, "If the world, what the world needs now is love, sweet love." All right, I know I've said this before. Uh, as I, I, I asked, like, I wonder if the people forget that I'm here. I, your I mean, recaps. you're not here. And honestly, honestly, that time I forgot that I was here. Good. I kind of zoned out. That's okay. Um, that's the magic of Boss Baby, baby. But yeah, that's the recap. Yo, talk about a first line. Survival of the fittest. Is that the first line? That's of the, movie? the very first line of the movie. It opens up. Survival of the fittest. Interesting. And then we go on. And then he's like, and then he says, at least that's how I remembered it. So boom. Guess what that means? My favorite. He's an unreliable narrator. Bingo. But I do have a question. Um, I was curious if like, I assume the overactive uh, imagination and the overactive like narration implies innocence, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I just wanted to make sure we were on the I, same page on that. I didn't think that. about that, but sure. Okay. Cause I just wanted to, cause, cause one of the, one of the biggest things I think plays a part in this. And I wrote this at the end of near the end of my notes is that Tim does not know like what real life is. And Ted does not know what real love is. Boss Baby. Yes, Boss Baby. His name's Ted. Nope. Is his it name, not? His name's Boss Baby. I mean, his name's Ted at the end. Theodore, but Boss, okay. Theodore well, Lindsay Templeton, or Leslie. I don't know who's who. Leslie is Tim. Okay, so he's Lindsay. So, okay, Boss Baby does not know what love is. And so I think, I think, and, and this needs, is. He needs some meatloaf. This is a, what? Meatloaf sings the song, I want to know what love is. Who? <laughs> the band Meatloaf sings the song I Wanna Know What Love Is. You know that? As a cover? No, the band Meatloaf sings no. that song. Yes. That's why in the movie Sausage Party, a thing of Meatloaf sings that song. It's by Foreigner. No. It's by Meatloaf. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think I wrote Jake. I'm, I'm so confused. Meatloaf? No, that's I would do anything for love. Oh, whatever. Same thing. <laughs> no, it's not the same thing. Same thing. Not, anyway. Oh, God, t- Thomas. Tim Tant. What does he say? Do do duty. No. Fart poop duty. Fart poop duty. Which I had the I had the um captions on this time. I always thought he was saying duty D-U-T-Y. Like poop duty, like he's on poop duty. Oh yeah. But he was not. He was saying duty like D-O-O-D-I-E. Oh, I remember what I was saying. word for poop. Um, okay, so this is this is why a lot of them are wrong because Boss Baby is the perfect. I guess Francis Francis is like the villain antagonist. Yeah, but I think that Boss Baby is a perfect double for for Tim. Well, we've been we've been talking a lot about archetypes in one of our classes, and uh, I definitely think Boss Baby fits the fake opponent ally yeah role because I, I at least initially, um. He is the antagonist to Tim. Right. Well, and I and I think ah, he now that I'm thinking about it, he may just be the antagonist to Tim. 
And Francis Francis may just be the antagonist to Boss Baby. Boss Baby. Which is an interesting little triangle right there. And you know what they say? Triangles, nature's strongest shape. They do say that. Yo, dude, this movie's so good. It is. Wow, look at that. But, uh, unfortunately, and this is what I was going to say before the recap, but then I didn't. Uh, it did not win Best Animated Picture in the in the year of the Oscars. Well, what did? All right, so... Wait, 2019? It, it came out... Well, 2018, whatever. It came out in 2017, but the Oscars were in 2018. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Coco won. And I do think that's deserved. Coco is a great movie. I think Pixar's best movie. However, other movies that were nominated... Oh, sponsors Disney. ...include The Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. Now... I don't know if you Shaggy Goose Boys have seen those other movies. Ferdinand should not be in this category at all, I don't think. I have not seen that. I have not seen that either. It's John Cena as a bull. But Yo, what? The Lego Batman movie also came out this that year and was not and nominated. It was not nominated, yeah. So get 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 Ferdinand out of here. Put the Lego Batman get, movie. Get in that there. Ferdinand out of my face. The Lego Batman movie's so freaking good. It's the best Batman movie, hands down. You can't even argue that. Joker's like a real person in that. It's it is it's a romantic it's a late night rom com and it's great. Um, and you know what uh, JP says? Rom com sells. Ro- okay, I did not know he says that. Uh, but then the breadwinner is a film I have not seen, uh, but I know about it, and that probably also should have won. I think Loving Vincent definitely should have won. <sighs> See, okay, because uh, I don't know, but I, I then we start getting into the question: What does it mean to be the best animated film? Because the story of Loving Vincent is not all that great, I don't think. But because of how it is animated, yes, that's what it I is was a one-of-a-kind film. So that's... for those of you that have not seen Loving Vincent, I'm pretty sure it's currently on Hulu. Go check it out because uh, it was filmed over the course of several years because what they did was they would film actors and then every single frame of the film is painted like a Vincent Van Gogh painting. And that's just phenomenal. To me. Yeah. Well, talk about like the dedication that right. that takes. And so all of that is to say, I also think Boss Baby could have maybe won for that same reason. Because then I think the question becomes, best animated feature film, are you saying this is the best film that happens to be animated? Or this is the best film in how it is animated? And a more recent example uh, would I, I think would be... Uh, into the spider I was, uh, Yeah, I was figuring you Because say that. that fits both categories. Number one, it's just a phenomenal movie through and through. But that movie could only be made in animation, I think. If you made it in live action, it's not the same movie. Oh, I agree with you. And the way that they use color, uh, too. And, and I know that Underwood's talked about that. Coco is a good movie. It makes me cry every single time I see it. Oh, you're right. But it does not use animation like the boss baby uses animation. That's very true. Um, Mainly in the fantasy sequences, which I don't think I mentioned in the recap. There's a number of fantasy sequences throughout the film that are separated from the quote unquote reality of the film. And you can denote that by the super stylized colorfulness of them. And they're essentially um, Tim's recollection of also, the event. I think that this, uh, is I'm glad that we're doing this so close to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas because I was thinking if this movie was made in live action, it would be like the most surreal movie ever made and it could only be made by Terry Gilliam. So, Terry Gilliam, I know you're listening to this. Just you and Walt Disney's Frozen Head are our number one Shaggy Goose Egg boys. Get the rights to make a live action Boss Baby because I want to see that. Or you Can you what? imagine six like CGI photorealistic babies running around. That'd be freaking terrifying. No, thank you. I'd, I'd rather not imagine that. So get on it. Uh, Terry Gilliam. Although if he does it, he'll probably just cast a bunch of little people as the babies. I'm fine with that too. Which honestly. I don't know if that's more or less unsettling, but there's only one way to find out. Got to do it. So we're, we're, our phones are ringing Terry Gilliam, but only for you. Only for you, baby. All right, we're 20 minutes in. We haven't said it a we word gotta, about... We got to talk about meaning? Yeah. All right, all right. So now... I kind of did. Now that we've got what you people listen to this podcast for out of the way, let's talk about the stuff that no one cares about. Let's talk about the meaning. Just, hey, hey, listen for the end, because it's going to get crazy, all right? All right. Okay. Yeah, we, got, we got a special surprise for all the end, uh, special tips and tricks video. Make sure you smash that like button, subscribe. All right, so, Boss Baby... I love this movie. I, I think I think all of you understand why I do now. Or if you don't, that's okay, I guess. But you're really missing out. Because The Boss Baby is phenomenal. 
Uh, I don't know if I'm excited for the second one or not. But one of the first things I wrote down for this film is love economically. Because this movie is without a doubt. What was that? I don't know, but they didn't hear it. Uh, It's without a doubt about love and the imbalance of love. But the movie presents it in a way that I think is interesting. And I really would like to know how someone who is steeped with economic knowledge would read this film. Because in this film, love is a commodity. It's it's what makes the world go round. It is the money of Baby Core and Puppy Co. Well, I think I think if there's a if there's going to be a physical symbol, a physical representation of that, I think it would be Lamb Lamb. Yes, especially but when in this that brings up more questions. Okay, you can keep going, and I'll I'll well, my question. Just most poignantly. Um, Hold on. Do you know what that word means? Poignantly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to describe it? No, because poignant means emotional. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Look it up. What? It's because that's why I haven't said it in a while. Because I looked it up once and I was like, oh, this is not how I was. I thought it meant word. like. Oh, what? Yeah. So well, there you go. That's our Alpatina's word of the day. Of today is, even though I think I've, that's already been tweeted before. But yeah, so poignant means emotional. So. Basically, I every thought, single time we used that word, we weren't using it correctly. I thought it meant like effectively, like like. I most... think most people do, and that's the problem. What? But then, what does a word really mean? If everyone believes the word means one thing, and the dictionary is the only thing that says it means the other thing, which one does it really mean? Probably the one where that everyone believes it means. What the heck? My we're world... learning a lot. We're learning a lot. My world week. is broken. Thanks, boss baby. A poignant reply will garner more credence than hours of blown smoke. Also, I really think that uh, Alec Baldwin and whoever played the kid did phenomenal voice work in this film. They should both be commended for their performances. Um, I, okay. Um, I guess I'll use the lame word effective. The most effective the lamb lamb is the one. All right. Well, I think... Because when they go, ah, and they go, ah, and he's putting the staples in lamb lamb... And Tim's like, no. Which I love the line, how this look in a job interview. That's hilarious to me. Because the boss, baby, it's all business. Just like Michael Clark Duncan as the kingpin. <clears throat> Better out than in, I always say. I did not like your face when you did that. Hey, man. That's just that's just the way the cookie crumbles. That Greendale's the way it goes. Greendale is the way it goes. But I think the boss, baby, is a perfect counterpoint to... Another film that we did in this podcast, probably one of our least listened to episodes of the first batch, the bad batch, some might say, Mom and Dad. Mom uh, and Dad. Yo, yo. Three, two, one. Planned obsolescence. Yes. I think this movie brings up planned obsolescence, but says that planned obsolescence is not real or doesn't exist. Well, I, I wrote something down at the near the beginning. I was like, I wonder if there's a level of out with the old, in with the new. And then Boss Baby's like, you're old and it's time to make pave way for the next generation. And then I was like, planned obsolescence. And so I think this is in that same scene when he says that. is uh, He starts talking about, he, he tells Tim, would you ask for your parents for an old toy? And then he grabs Lamb Lamb and starts destroying Lamb Lamb with this like Transformers knockoff toy. And it's like, this toy is so much better, blah, 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 blah. But then what does Tim want? He wants Lamb Tim Lamb. wants Lamb Lamb. So... The old is better than the new and the boss baby. But also, I think this film, again, the theme is love. So unity, uh, the old has to work with the new. So the new is not replacing the old. They But this kind of like the scales of justice to throw it back to our Daredevil episode. You got to keep the balance. Well, and you know why? Because love is an emotion. So let's bring another episode. Oh, no. Shrek 3, baby. Okay. I, I know where you're going with this, but I don't remember what you said. Exactly. Well, in, in my whole uh, discussion, my like Shrek like, the Third, actually Shrek the Third. Sorry, in my I think it was like a five minute uh, monologue that I had. But basically, love is not an emotion; it's a series of actions, and I think I think a lot of people agree with that. Um, but it's sacrifice, and so. Uh, like what Tim just Steele, like just like Nixon said, baby, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. sacrifice that's right. Um, and we're really pulling out all the stops in this yeah, episode. Oh, you put me off my track. 
just like in the you, adventures of shark boy and Marvel go in 3d, but we watched it on Netflix. So it's not really in 3d, but you still, you gotta say 3d cause it's in the title. Speaking of which, there's a lot of shots in this film that I feel like were meant to be seen in 3d, but I don't know if this was ever released in 3d. So I don't know what the I'm point sure, of that I'm sure was. It was, it was real D3. Cause like there's whatever. one part where like boss baby goes like, Hah! and like rips the battery out of that teddy bear. And there's another part where like oh, yeah. comes out. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Uh, but my whole, but, but like the whole thing is like, so Tim is feeling as if love is an emotion. And I think, and I think it's here. This is poignant. Um, <laughs> it's most poignant when he has his song. Blackbird singing in the airport. In the of night. Or you just mean in general. In general. So he has that. And then later, um, when his parents stop giving him attention, they sing it to uh, Boss Baby. Yes. And, and then Tim's yeah. in jail. Right, and which, then, which I had that stored away in my brain for the next time we play that blockbuster game. I'm gonna mention, I'm gonna mention the boss baby, and they're gonna be like challenged, and I'm gonna pull up that exact scene and be like, checkmate. Okay, all right, I'm ready for it. Um, and then yeah, at the airport when he's, it's almost like he's trying to, what he's trying to claim what he's lost. Yeah, but the whole point of this is to say that like what Tim views as love is not necessarily the emotional support that is given to him. Now, granted that is a part of it, but rather the actions that his parents take, because of course actions speak louder than words. Right. Yada, yada, yada. And I think that the loss of that is first seen when he's sitting in his bed and he's like, okay, it's time for my five stories, three hugs and special song. And then he starts dwindling down the numbers until eventually he's just like, my special song. So he's trying to bargain with them for that back. Right. So it's almost like he's going through the stages of grief, which I did not look at the film through that lens, but maybe that's something that to be looked at next time I watch it. Something, something important here that I think that not only you, but our Shaggy Goose boys should know is that children do not start developing um, a sense of abstract thought until they're 12. He's only seven. And he's only seven. And a half. And a half. Well, Seven, because there's no half. No, numbers. he's seven and a half. He that was very important to him. Yeah, well, I'm business, 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 so I don't care about that. Is this working? Yes. Yay! <laughs> uh, that's, that's from another phenomenal animated movie that did not win Best Picture at the Oscars. Look, the Oscar. Look, I, uh, that's we a, should start our own animated movie Oscars. That's it. That's a conversation for another Just time. Just animated movies. What should we call it? The Shaggies. The Gooseys, oh, yeah, okay. the Eggies, the Boisies. I like the the Boisies, but we have to go to Idaho and do it year. there. Yeah, okay, all right. We'll call it the we'll call it the Escape from Escape from Idaho okay. and the Boisies. What was I saying? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Blackbird singing in the dead of night. You see, you said you're all business, 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 business. Because I was saying he's seven and a half. I don't know. Oh, right, 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 right. He that. so okay. So he hasn't developed plan. Oh, not plan. He hasn't developed abstract, abstract thought, which raises a question because it's almost as if Alec Baldwin's baby has. Alec and, Baldwin's baby. That's a good name for a movie. Um, the Rosemary's Baby spoof. I'm curious as to actually how, Alec Baldwin's baby's Haley Baldwin, who's married to Justin Bieber. Fun fact. Does Justin Bieber play Rosemary? Rosemary's baby. Yeah. Is he the baby? No, he's Rosemary oh. and the baby. Wait a second. Plot twist. Is this like Ghostbusters with Post Malone? Yeah. All right. Boom. There's another one. Uh, but but because so in Boom, Francis another one <laughs> in Francis Francis's little recap his little his little Pacino pod recap he mentions the current chief executive. Yes, and that's another instance of planned obsolescence. I think which like Francis Francis is old now. Yeah. So theoretically. He's been out of there for like fifty years, right? Um, and in the beginning, we we see we see Boss Baby go to management, but we don't know how long he's been there for. So there is this question of age, like how old technically is Boss Baby, right? Um, and and this is this can be a whole conversation of like theory and how age works in this world. Um, but let's say he mentally ages normally. It's just the formula that like keeps him not aging. Well, I assume that like they come out they're they're already mentally like 40 years old or whatever and then they're just that forever. Have the babies? Yeah. Like in in baby core. Like if if like, they go to management. Yeah. Okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. 
Well, because because he does when like he doesn't take the formula, he does go into like baby mode. Yeah, which suggests that baby mode still exists, but it's almost like there is a receptor or something being blocked. Uh huh. That allows the development of the mind, and not the development of the body. So theoretically, he is above twelve, which means that he could have developed abstract thought. And I think he does because he does mention the concept of love and how there isn't enough to go around. That's my little tangent there. Okay. Um, I stopped listening to the end of that, so I don't know how to segue. That's okay. What what are you, what are you going to say here? I'll do it. Um. All right. I'll just I'll just keep going. All right. So the 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 theme of this movie is love. Yes, but. I think, and that's going like going into this. I was like, all right, well, this is about love because there's that thing at the end, which makes me cry a lot. It didn't make me cry this time when he's like, "I send you all my love," and like the all the beads are falling mm-hmm. on the floor and stuff. Yeah. However, I did tear up when um when Tim started singing "Blackbird" to Boss Baby when he's sitting on the rocket. That oh me, yes, that dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm getting a little bit of chills now just talking about it. You gave me goosebumps. Uh, But I think another theme of this film, as Jake mentioned, Tim is not a reliable narrator. I think the other meaning of this film is like reality. What is true reality? Yeah. Because when we, we obviously have the two separate, like the fantasies and the quote unquote real events of the film. But within that, Tim is not a reliable narrator. He is an adult remembering what he believes happened as he was a seven year old. But he's also recounting this tale to his daughter, which I think lends the story to some uh, embellishment additionally. Right. Because he's trying to get his daughter to accept that there's a new baby being born. And then the one thing that I think would throw a wrench in this whole boss baby scenario, maybe not being true, is because the new baby is like, ah, and then she has a suit on. But I think Mm. that could just be chalked up to the daughter, the older daughter of Tim, um, heard the, her dad's story and now is starting to fantasize herself. What is Boss Baby 2 about? I don't remember the trailer. Okay. I know Toby Maguire is no longer adult Tim. Oh, that's unfortunate. So is it about the sister? I think so. Interesting. I, I would be, I'm interested, now I'm interested to see on how that plays out. Because is, is this going to be like a Polar Express thing where... Okay, see, like but the, um, the bell can't be heard anymore. On the poster, they're both there, so I don't know what's going on. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Now, adults, Theodore Templeton and his estranged brother take a magical formula that transforms them into babies for 48 hours. Together, they must now go undercover to prevent an evil genius from turning fellow toddlers into monstrous brats. So, both Tim and Ted get turned back into a baby. Interesting. Okay. All right. So I don't know why Toby McGuire wasn't back, but that makes me big sad. Big sad for Big Dad. And Toby is Big Dad. Yep. I mean, I think that was it. Just that uh, there's love when there's also these questions of reality throughout. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Let me look at my notes here. And then also maybe potentially what the what the true meaning of that is. Uh, that we all just need to go back and, you know, maybe the second film will continue this, given the synopsis I just read. Right. That even as adults, we kind of get lost. We get caught up in the minutia of the world. Like Boss Baby, to him, everything's just business. Nothing's personal. Um, but maybe sometimes we all just need to go back to those days when we were kids. And that's why Boss Baby has to learn to imagine. He has to learn to be in the fantasy world with Tim. Because Tim's Tim... He says something along the lines of, if you never got to be a kid, well, like, now's your chance. And then Boss Baby's like, you went to community college. So it takes him a little bit to get there, but he eventually does. And then that's how they win the day. Because if Boss Baby hadn't said, ha, you're not supposed to say ha, you're supposed to say art. Then uh, Francis Francis would have just jumped them both into the baby formula. Right. And they wouldn't have won. So I, I mentioned at the top of this kind of like the, that the concept of the boss baby, it, it, once you like take a second to think about it is super, super interesting. And some of the people uh, that I read on Rotten Tomatoes were like, oh, this is a thin premise. But but I think they're totally wrong. The very concept that that boss baby presents that some children are fit for families and some are inherently not. 
I think is very intriguing and, and problematic. Not not within the within the context of the film, not necessarily like the, what yeah. the film presents. Um, it it kind of suggests that from birth, some children don't deserve the supposed happiness that that comes with the family life, and and it sets up. Let's see. I use a fancy word from its genesis. Boss Baby sets up a flawed foundation that can only be healed, not only by the people outside of it, but the people within it. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. Uh, two things to say about that, though. Number one, back to the point I just made about maybe this isn't all real. Uh, the first time we see the Boss Baby, Alec Baldwin's character, he's like going down the thing, and that song, I'm in heaven, is playing. But immediately before that, Tim is in his bed with his parents, and then they're like, oh, don't you want a baby brother? He's like, no, I'm good. But then the narrator, the adult Tim, is like, but then I began to wonder, where do babies come from? And as he says that, there's like a little Rube Goldberg machine beside his bed that right. a ball, the metal ball starts going down. And the thing that Boss Baby is sliding down is either the exact same or very reminiscent of that Whoa. thing. So I think that that scene in itself implies that this whole thing is just in Tim's imagination. Yeah, yeah. But then also to your point that this is a flawed system, I agree, number one, because of the line, which is repeated, I think, twice, maybe thrice. Everyone has a tickle spot. And so... It's at least twice. I I know that for sure. So uh, how the babies get sorted into family or corporate is uh, they get tickled, and if they laugh, they go to a family, and if they don't, they go to corporate. But as I just said, everyone has a tickle spot. So the other tickle spots are just being missed, which means that everyone is fit for a family and no one is fit for management. So either way you slice it, it's a broken system. Right. Yeah. I, and I totally agree. I don't have anything else to say to that. Um, but, but what I, what I think is interesting is that, and, and this may not be totally true is that when boss baby is tickled, there's a level of like curiosity Yeah. that, that he, that he presents there. Which I just thought was interesting. Which and maybe maybe being tickled is supposed to be um, symbolic or metaphorical for uh, child, like the innocence of childhood, right? And so like he's like, I don't have, I don't, I, I can't be tickled. I don't have a tickle spot. And then Tim's like, You've never been tickled. And I think after that leads to the, yeah, I think he says, You've never been tickled. What about your parents? And so you know that again is just literally. Us aligning being tickled with being a child, like mm-hmm. growing up having a childhood. Yeah, it's like one of those things. Um, like if you have a favorite game that you played, mine was like Kirby's Air Ride, and I and I might say to you, oh, GameCube. Oh yeah, I might say to you, have you ever played Kirby's Air Ride? Nope. Well, I, maybe. But like, let's say you said no, and I'm like, yo, you didn't have a childhood. Yeah. And so yeah, I think it's it's interesting that something as simple as tickling was identified with that but i totally agree that like that's that's something that like i think any like solid family does right is there that's because and tickle tickling is a weird thing yeah all right like i'm like scuttling my fingers up on a part of your body what's also weird is you can't tickle yourself only other people can tickle. yeah well because it's a defense mechanism yeah but why is laughing a defense mechanism i don't know that's the real question here. That's what Boss Baby. We should asking. ask. We should ask Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. Yeah, because he's always honest. He'd tell us. Oh, you're right. You're right. Well, does honesty imply? So, if anybody knows Abe Lincoln, Knowledge? give us his number and we'll DM him. Do you think Baumbach knows? Probably. He seems like the kind of guy that hang out with Lincoln. All right, Baumbach. Baumbach. Did I say he was listening to this? No, but I'm telling you. Oh, I'm okay. saying he is. All right, Baumbach. Yeah, we know your secret about Madagascar Three, so now you have to listen to our podcast. Tell me. Do you laugh when you get tickled? That was a play on Do You Bleed. Oh, okay. I didn't get that. I, a, that's, I just, why, that's why I explained I it. I didn't get 10 bucks. No, you didn't. Um, but back to this being a broken system, uh, as I mentioned, you know, in this world, in this world, whether it's real or not, it's the reality of this film. Um, love is a currency. And wait a minute. I think that's a line in a Bleacher song. Love is it's a, uh, don't take love the money. A, yeah, don't take the money. Yeah, love is I'm gonna have to read the lyrics at, about that song after this. All right, well, let's. Uh... But um, I know he says a shimmering balance act. Something that the uh, what the did list. you just say? He says a shimmering balance act. Okay, I heard a shamrau bayon or something. <laughs> I mean that too. <laughs> uh, but at the end of this film, 
when Tim sends Boss Baby the memo, because he learned how important memos are, um, Boss Baby runs out and like goes and like hits all these buttons on the heart machine that like shows the pie chart, and then it starts spinning. And then it looks like they're all spinning into equal shapes. So I want to ask you, Jake, uh, what is the meaning of that spinning heart? Does it mean that there is enough love for everyone? All right. Does all right. it mean that there's not right. enough for right. anyone? All right. Time out, time out, time out. What? You're going to have to start over because I was looking at the lyrics. So okay. Don't take okay. the money. All right. So, <laughs> but you know the scene I'm talking about, like the spinning heart thing where he's hitting all the buttons at the end? The boss baby leaves. He's leaving baby core. He goes and he's like, boop, 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 boop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I was, I'm was i asking what is the meaning of that like little spinning thing? Because the whole uh, – kind of the MacGuffin of this film is love, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I said, is there – does this mean that there is enough love for everyone? Does this mean there is not enough for anyone? Or does it mean that everyone needs to share their own love with everyone else? Because as it's spinning, they all kind of – uh divide into equal little slivers i think i mean they're obviously spinning really fast but i'm gonna i'm gonna ask that question with another question and this may not make a hundred percent sense to you but but i i was curious about is this film at least on some level an allegory for the continued development of automation and like the factory production system like robots yeah because because what I think what the forever puppy presents, not only being a puppy, but being a puppy forever presents is the no longer. That also defeats planned obsolescence. Yes, it I does. Put that in my head. Um, but it, it presents the idea of like kind of taking the easy route almost, but not needing to worry about like taking care of a child. Right. Or something like that, along those lines. Whereas Forever Puppy, well, you know, you just got to take it out every now and then. You got to train, you got to take it out every now and then, but then you're going to have a puppy forever. And so I think that that is... And having a puppy kind of stinks, if you've ever had a puppy. Literally. Well, and figuratively. And maybe and maybe there's something to say to that, too, but I think what the puppy represents is just kind of like, yeah, that, that, auto, that automation. Which I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I know I've told you at least off air. Uh, most of these films, like and analyzing a lot of these films, have, has made me realize that the imp- the most important thing in life is balance. Like in Shrek, uh, love is about a balance. The Shrek franchise, not just the first movie, love is about the balance between what you give to the other person, but also what the other person gives to you, and you have to do so willingly and not because you want to stay in the relationship just because you want to give them something so then this film as i said uh you have boss baby who learns to be a kid but then you also have tim who learns to be an adult right so this movie is about the balance between those two worlds you have to balance growing up and balance staying a kid like for instance all right i feel like everyone goes through a phase in their life and i maybe i've mentioned this on the podcast before i do not know hold on Okay, that, that was kind of better than I always Jake, say. Jake can take that one. Um, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before. There's a point I feel like in everyone's life when you're growing up and you're like, kids, cartoons, animated movies, that's stupid. Get out of here. And a lot of people, I feel like... Um, we, we've talked about this, I know. A lot of people continue into that. And so like when they're an adult, they just won't like I, I've met people who won't watch animated movies. They just solely will not animated. take the time to do it. And that's why all those tomato meter critics are stupid. But uh, so there's a point. This was sixth grade and it was in gym. And this I'll remember this forever because it was a formative experience for me. Uh, I know I told Jake this story off air, but again, I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast. Um I was at that point where I was like, man, pff, kids stuff, get out of here. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm, oh, okay. I'm yeah, a big yeah. grown-up boy. So I was in gym, and like I'm sitting down in the PE line or whatever, and the other two guys sitting next to me are talking about Phineas and Ferb. And I and I was getting ready to make fun of them. I was like, y'all watch Phineas and Ferb? And they're like, yeah, we watch Phineas and Ferb. It's a freaking cool show. And these two guys were like two of the more popular guys in school, and I was like, oh. Well, maybe if they like Phineas and Ferb, it's okay to like Phineas and Ferb. And then from that point on, I just, I'm still a kid, man. No matter how old I get, I'm always going to be a kid. 
And you know what? That's pretty cool. Like, for instance, another time. One time, I was build, I'm in college, right? This last semester, I decided I was going to build a blanket fort. But no one wanted to build a blanket fort with me. And one guy actually came in and it was like, what, did you think a bunch of college students were going to come in and do a, you a blanket fort? And also, I was like, yeah. Haven't you seen Community? Blanket forts are freaking cool, dude. But at the same time, I have a job. I can have a job and build a blanket fort and do a podcast. A did you have a job last semester? I don't know. And do a podcast talking about Boss Baby, where last week we talked about Sleepaway Camp. And the week before that, we talked about Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yo, and talk the about the that, levels of movies. I'm not going to keep going back all the way. Although the week before that, I was going to say Daredevil, but it was actually Holes. No, and Thomas, I, I totally agree with you. And I think... And Holes, that, was, Holes was a lot better than I expected it to be. You should have known better. I don't, I don't know. I just, I think, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm going to keep talking now. Okay. And I, and I think I'll you're, allow it this time. As you interrupt me, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I but I think that that is so important, and it, and it's a damn shame. And like I know Rebecca, shout out Rebecca. Was it Rebecca? I don't know. You were like, I have to watch Sonic. Was it Rebecca? No. Oh, you're right, 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 right. Bleep. Bleep. When you asked, you like, I gotta watch Sonic. They were like, what the heck? And today, um, when I was watching Boss Baby, Angela came in and she's like, this is dumb. And she's like, are you watching it? And I was like, I don't yeah. get it, man. And, I, and she's like, are you watching it for the podcast? I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, okay. I guess I get it then. But I was like, no, dude, this movie is so like substantial. I, watching, really, I really want to own this movie. I don't know why I don't own it. Watching Over the Garden Wall uh, the, and, and doing my program analysis on it is really, I think, what solidified this for me is that, that children's animation is a way to get th- this kind of meaning into the eyes, yes, of children, but also to the deserving adults who who get to have this knowledge. And I think those who aren't willing aren't deserving. I will say, though, as much as I like animated movies and fart jokes and things of this nature, uh, when I saw Despicable Me 2 in theaters, my granddad fell asleep, and I can't fault him for that. Some some of them are good, Thomas. Despicable Me is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, but to st- I'm going to steal the moon. That's pretty funny. That is. You can't steal the yo moon. that meme it's template. The meme template that's like nah nah yeah. huh huh. <laughs> that's a solid shout out if you know what Jake's talking about. Email us your favorite. Make us make. You know what? Use that meme template and make us make the podcast that meme. Sam, I know you will. I'm counting on it. Hayden, you Hayden, you better. All right. Mom, we, we know your names. Mom, it's okay. You're old. I love you, but I know you don't know how to make memes. My but mom, hey, my mom probably don't even know what a meme is. My dad <laughs> sends me memes. My dad's hip. He Did, knows what's up. He's got his ear to the ground. You talking about Louis C.K.? Yeah, yeah, very cool. That's what the C.K. stands for. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The C is silent. Yeah. All right. I forgot what we were talking about. The meaning in this podcast. Boss baby. But no, honestly, spread the word to your people. Like, get them to watch more animated films, more good animated films, because they are, like, super substantial and deep and thriving in a way that the meaning that you get out of it is so much more, ready, poignant, because you had to work for it, because you had to look for it. Something I wanted to say earlier, yo, Thanos was right. Perfectly balanced. As all things should be. Balance, balance, balance. That's why uh, that's why we had to get ripsticks, man, to learn how to balance. And, and I didn't have one. You know look, what? Look where I am now. He was I had the, to find it in the boss, baby. He was the only one who knew it. The ripstick? I, yeah. Okay. He had to ripstick every, half the universe out of existence. Oh, no. Because, like, for real, dang, bro. Like, I wouldn't sacrifice. I would not snap my fingers because I do not want to lose anybody. Um, well, he already lost everybody. Exactly. For him. Which was why it was easier. But he had to lose Gamora. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, that, he lost her to get the stone. Yeah, well, that's and what... then he went. But exactly, he had... But see, not... not Okay, and this is, this is why I he gains a little sympathy for me. Um, I'm thinking about this now. Don't cancel me, all right? Look, Jake, you, you're you already canceled. Okay, 
But see, everyone else, like, they got dusted. But, yo, Thanos had to kill his daughter. They should have had a Swiffer wet jet. To clean up the mess? Yeah. Yikes. All right, Thomas said that, not me. <laughs> Thomas said that, not me. Oh, here you are, buddy. Here's another movie. Ooh. That's that's way back when in the month that will it always exist. Hashtag Shrek'tober. Forever. Forever and always. That's holes. Boom, another one. If only, if only. Boom, another one. That's the same one. What are we talking about? That, that's a different one. Yeah. That's the one all the way back. Yeah. All right, so. Yo, um, you've been here since day one. Shout out. Shout out to me. I've been here since day one. Me too. Well, I guess I have been here since day two. Um, So one more thing I want to talk about is the song Blackbird. Blackbird singing um, in the dead of night. So I, that that is obviously a key component of this film because it's Tim's song. Um, is it three times? I think more, more than that. Okay. Dang. All right. Bound back. That's there a, is something that happens three times, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, fart he, no, he takes a nap three times because the first one's a power nap. Second one's a stress nap. Third one's a victory nap. Yo, which by the way, you, you this I do like the animation in this because the way his face like is real soft and Dude, then pops back are, up. Are, are when you, the, so, you know the DreamWorks face meme? Yeah. Like every single face Boss Baby makes, I feel like is the DreamWorks face. Dude, it's so good. But uh, this song "Blackbird" um, is a is a key component. It's a focal point of this film. It's, so I was I was curious to know what the meaning of this was. Paul McCartney. And so, like, if you look at the lyrics, um, I had them pulled up, but Do I don't to... currently. No, I'm, I got them. It's just it's just you know Google Google sometimes wants to be Bing, and I'm like, don't be Bing, be Google. So the lyrics are hold on, better up and in. I always say sorry, guys. Uh, Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to arise. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these sunken eyes. Take these sunken eyes and learn to see all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to be free. Blackbird fly, blackbird fly into the light of a dark black night. And then the rest of the song is like a variation of those lyrics. So clearly I would say this song is about overcoming the struggle or overcoming a struggle and waiting one's whole life to do so. Uh, Are you going to talk about the one that Paul McCartney said? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the line, singing in the dead of night, seems to me to imply that only in the darkest moment will this uh, overcoming of a struggle occur. Well, you know what Lord of the Rings said? One ring to rule them all. Yep. It's always darkest before the dawn. I thought that was Zack Snyder. Uh, but then when I was looking stuff up, Paul McCartney said, this is about racism. It, he did uh, say that, indeed. He said, that he this, said is this is metaphor. about a black woman. Yep, he said this is a metaphor for the black people's struggle in the southern states, and I was using the symbolism of a blackbird. And then he also says, this is a kind of a condescending sentence, I think. He says, it's not really about a blackbird whose wings are broken, you know. It's a bit more symbolic, which I think is hilarious, yeah. because obviously it's symbolic. But yeah, Paul McCartney also says that blackbird should be interpreted as a black girl. Then if you read further down the Wikipedia page, Wikipedia, you learn that Charles Manson used this song as, oh, as a way to, recruit, to recruit his followers. So no! Apparently, apparently Manson interpreted the lyrics repetition of the word rise as a call to black Americans to wage war on their white counterparts and instructed his followers to commit a series of murders in Los Angeles Wait, in August 1969. Charles Manson, like Once Upon a Time Hollywood, Charles yeah, Manson? like the Manson family murders. Was inspired by this song and Helter Skelter, two of Beatles songs. Interesting. So that's all there. And then I wrote down the question: How does this relate to Tim and his story? Because honestly, <laughs> I've got no freaking clue. But well, um, there are the three. There's the triplets. Yeah, and then I was trying to figure Whoa. out like, what Tim's struggle is that he has to overcome. But I guess it's just learning to love his brother. Yo, that might be problematic. That you said that, or just in general? Just in general. Because the three the three black triplets are always like... The yes men? Yeah. I don't know. Ba- bound back. Think about that. What's what's going on there, bound back? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Every, I mean, look. That's all I'm going to say. The, right there? Yep. Mm. I am going to... I'm going to take the first interpretation that you said. Well, no, I think... like, And then that, that struggle could be is applicable to the black struggle in the 60s because that was during the civil rights movement um 
But then it, the song's a bit more universal in that way. Uh-oh. My ba- my laptop's about to die. Uh-oh. Let me plug it in. Hold on. Well, I mean, I, I think I think we can wrap it up. You think Unless so? you've got more to say. I mean, uh, that's pretty much all I have. Well, I wanted to say something else. Oh, God, what was it? Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Super, super colossal, big, fat baby boss uh, is the, has the same victim as... It was the same thing as uh, Tim. I don't okay. know what that means. No explosions. Well, I mean, I mean, you can plug it up, and then I'll, I'll, okay, I'll okay. keep talking to run the run the to run the course. I'm going the distance. I'm going the speed. I'm all alone in my time of need. I heard that song earlier today. It's a bang out, bang out, bang out, bang out, bang out. Hi. Um, I think there actually was an explosion at some point. Where? I don't remember, but I remember there being. I didn't like. I remember there being one in my head. It's in one of the chase scenes. I feel like. Oh, it's probably the one with uh, Greta Gerwig or whatever the big guy's name is. Did the... you say that because of uh, no Baumbach? Yeah, because that's his new uh, that's his new girl. Yo, Baumbach, good job, bro. She cute. All right, let's let's look at this. Hey, Greta Gerwig, if you're listening, I love I love Wiener Dog. That's a I great film, <laughs> bro. I saw I saw a post the other day. It was like, look at this wholesome picture of Danny DeVito walking walking a Wiener Dog. Yeah, and I was like, you people you have, have no, no idea. idea. That poor know. dog. That poor dog. My laptop's taking off All right, again. If uh, if any of you want to go see, want to watch the movie Wiener Dog, it's on Amazon Prime. It's a phenomenal movie. What are you looking up? I'm watching the Boss Baby chase scene to see if anything blows up. Oh. Well, we could just say yes. I feel like it does, and then also probably there's probably an explosion in one of his fantasy sequences, but that would be like an implied, whatever. Yeah. Or invisible, whatever. Bro, that's a cool shot. The slow mo, big fat baby going like. Yes. This, yeah. this cinematography in this is pretty good. Also, yo, Dreamworks really like has it. a fantastic. Uh... Pro, and then yeah, 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 this is great. When he rips off the eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Dude. On his face. <laughs> but he, when he lands in the car. <laughs> Yo, how dense is that baby? Freaking babies, man. I think that's my favorite character. The fat baby? Yeah. I don't even know his name. Tim Tim. Look at little Tim Tim. What a guy. What's the Minotaur song? Minotaur Tim 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 Tim. That guy's canceled. Yeah, That's a fact. Man, All right, man, so well, I, I, I mean, I'm not seeing a blow up in this scene, but I feel like there was one somewhere. So, um, let's just say there was and give it like a two. Here, you can you boogie with that? I with that? no no no. Are you getting down with the sickness? No, I'm not. Are you? I will give it. Up? I will give it a one invisible two. Okay, that's what I'll say. I think I can concur to that. All right, hold on. I don't know. Is this the one? What's the one that's like? It's gonna be loud. Hold on. I don't know what you're talking about. Please, please do not. No, 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 no. I just wanted to hear the Tim Tim part. Tim Tim plays for days in a maze. Yeah, but there's another one that's like Tim Tim. Look at the Tim Tim. Tim Tim. Is that the torch? Safety torch? I do not think so. Safety torch. All right. So Jake said one invisible two, or whatever. Um, and then we got, oh there it is Tim Tim things are looking grim grim there it is that's what I was thinking about yeah that's that's the same one isn't it no it's not isn't it's safety torch oh well you know what I didn't grow up with Toby Tobuscus Jr. Um, <laughs> well, if you if you if you like if you're a baby and you like bosses you can send us an email to let us know what your parents look like which is Pacino Podcast at gmail.com. yes nice try Thomas and uh, yeah I know but you have to tell you have to tell them what it was I can't tell them what it is. What was the email? Oh, the email. Oh, yeah. you can describe it. I just yeah. gotta say it. Yeah, uh, and send, we'll and we'll tell you the deeper meaning of your parents. Send us your despicable me memes on Twitter at Pacino Pod. Yes. Hashtag Think About It. Hashtag Al Pacino. Hashtag Despicable Meme. Yeah. Hashtag Shrektober. Pacino Pod. Also, um, the best we, one will get a personal shout out on the podcast. We've got a WordPress now. Yeah. Where Jake's putting some super spicy movie reviews. Um, and if I decide that I have enough time, I might type up something about why Boss Baby is such an underrated movie. Although I think I did a pretty good job describing that in the first apparently 20 minutes of this episode. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out in the edit. But as always, drink your drink, drink your pickle juice. 
as we established and I think how to train your dragon. Um, and that's my only cat phrase. Stout sauerkraut. Stout sauerkraut. Victory nap. <laughs>